Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Our first four-pack of movie tickets to see Plane at Boulevard Town West Theater. We'll give away two more four-packs before we get out of here today. So stay tuned for that. Your opportunity to win those here. Uh, 869-1240 will be the number to call when we get to that. We've been talking college hoops. Let's talk more about the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh Tommy, we we saw the Jayhawks last night in a really interesting spot, right? Like I, I don't know what to make of that game. Um, they they got down late when they probably shouldn't have, and then Allen Fieldhouse steps in and says, "Not today, Oklahoma," and that furious comeback at the end, which you just you sort of are like, how how does that even happen? Um, well, somebody who was sitting there while it did happen joins us now. Let's get to Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. Brian. It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. There it is. We got to get your intro in there, Brian. Uh, that was that was an Allen Fieldhouse win, right? Like, you can put an asterisk on that one and, and give, give the credit to the fog, don't you think? Yeah, I, there's a ton of credit that goes that direction. I know Coach Self is always careful to not overshadow the players making plays, which is absolutely necessary because you're talking about, you know, huge moments from K.J. Adams, the big three by Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller with the and one to finally pull in front. But, yeah, just you look at the history of that building, particularly in the 20 years of Bill Self where he's now 301 and 16 all time. And crazy things tend to happen, and it's it's an aura and atmosphere where you know, once momentum starts rolling downhill for the home team, you can just see it physically demoralize the opposition. And I say that with, with the West Virginia game of 2017 probably at the forefront of my mind when KU came back from down 14 with about 240 remaining. And, and I will always remember watching West Virginia had a player named Nathan Adrian and and Kansas had hit several threes at that point, and they were within a couple of possessions. And he's struggling to throw the ball in, and you can see his knees physically shaking as he's panicking to get it in, and and the the pressure of the moment and the loudness of of the crowd weighing down upon him, and they get a five second call, and and that's probably the quintessential example of the building taking over. But you know, there's there's dozens of examples of, of where Kansas just gets a steamroll of momentum because of 
great players on the floor, but you know the undeniable six-man presence of that building. And yeah, we get some calls too, and I know that's a big narrative around the league for sure. And there were a lot of whistles that went KU's way last night. I won't stand up here and ignore that. But uh, you know the the combination of having typically the best team every year in the Big Twelve, but the without question unrivaled best building makes it for just a absolute bear of a home court advantage for opposition to go into. I remember when I was at Texas tech, uh, my first year, we had an interim head coach named Chris Walker and, and tech got assigned Allen Fieldhouse on KU senior night where the Jayhawks haven't lost in four decades. And he said, man, getting the senior night game with the fog, that's like walking into a lion's den, wearing a meat necklace. And he was right. And, and KU, I think one by 25 that day and, even though we're not in an era of winning by 25 anymore because everybody's so dang good in this league, uh, his point is a good one. And, and there's just something special about the fog and the coach and the teams that inhabit it. So, Brian, let's set the stage a little bit here for those that maybe didn't watch the game. Um, but, you know, in the, in the second half, uh, it was just a, a remarkable scene. The Jayhawks went nearly 13 minutes without a field goal. Uh, I think that on layups, they were what, like 10 of 30 or something like that? Uh, just in in the entire game, and they trailed by 10 with five minutes to go. So when you've got all of that working against you, and especially that long 13-minute field goal drought, how in the world does this team stay focused and be able to you know, continue to chip away at that? I know that they got to the line quite a bit, um, but it could be really easy for a lot of teams to just sort of pack it in, right? Fold it up and say, hey, look, like, it's not our night. We're missing bunnies left and right. We can't score the basketball right now, especially in the second half. We've got five minutes to go down by 10. It's unlikely we're going to come back in this game. How in the world does a team like this be able to say, you know what? Hey, we might be down 10 with five minutes to go, but we've got this. Well, it's a history of pulling it out of the fire in those moments. Jalen Wilson spoke to it last night. He said, we always believe we're going to find a way. And Bill Self has certainly instilled that. He's the ultimate calming presence in the huddle in those moments. The the number of, of references we can make to similar moments of pulling it out late at home is fresh in the minds of players like Wilson that have been around for four seasons and they've seen it, they've lived it. What you fear is you don't want to have a false sense of security that you're always just going to make the plays because at some point, you know, clearly five minutes down 10 was enough time. And I referenced West Virginia of six years ago when they were down 14 with about two and a half minutes. That was enough time. But, but at some point, time and score are so insurmountable that it doesn't matter what the building is like or who the team is. You're just not going to win on that day. And, and obviously last night, you know, if, if Wilson doesn't hit the three uh, when we're down eight or if some of the other big K.J. Adams plays don't happen, they probably don't get over the hump because they actually had a couple of empty possessions after those first two field goal makes that halted the nearly 13-minute drought that you were speaking of. And uh, and so clearly, eventually, there's going to be a deficit that they can't overcome. But until then, with this particular group, going back to, to even games you know, this season and last where it looked like they were down and out and they found a way to pull it out, they're going to think back in their recent memory bank to those moments and feel like, hey, we've been here before we got this. And that's obviously a, a great weapon to have when you've got that level of self-confidence and collective team confidence. You just don't want it to ever be, uh, I guess, complacency or, or overly self-assured because you just assume it's going to happen because obviously – 
you know, eventually, you know, these teams are so good and the margin for error in our league is so small that one of these teams is going to rise up and get KU if it takes them that long to kind of kick it into gear. But last night was one of those nights where they did just enough down the stretch. And I don't think I've ever called in my career anywhere I've been a game where a team had a 13-minute field goal drought and still found a way to win. So pretty incredible. But, uh, you know, we, we had a, an interesting drought a year ago at Stillwater. I'd have to go back and look it up in closing out the first half where uh, we found a way to win that one on the road after a long, long stretch between made buckets. But you never see it at Allen Fieldhouse is the point. And that's where getting to the free throw line was so important. And I don't want to diminish KU's ability to get to the line by hinting at the fact that we, we probably got a few calls that Oklahoma didn't. I'm just being self-aware that that's the narrative around the league, and I'm acknowledging it to a certain degree. But before we dive into that, understand that prior to last night if you looked at the numbers like since December 1st our opponents shot 40 more free throws than we had in terms of uh, fouls it was more slanted more whistles on the opposition um rather you know more whistles on us than our opposition but last night it clearly piled up in our favor but part of that is KU sensing that our best offense on a game where we were struggling to get anything going from the floor was to take it right at them and force the officials to make a call. And and that is a strategy. It, it may not be the most exciting one to watch sometimes, but on a night when you're in a game that's kind of getting muddied up and, and your leading scorer, Jalen Wilson, at that point was 2 of 10, and, and other guys like Grady Dick who finished 1 of 8, they just got nothing going. Sometimes your best offense is to play downhill, put your head down, drive it right at them, try to get the ball up on the rim and force the officials to make a call. And Kansas did a masterful job of that. So if you're not a KU fan listening right now, you could say, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. You guys still get hooked up. But, you know, a lot of times you make your own breaks by, by forcing the issue. And the aggressive team is, is the team that gets those calls. Fortune favors the bold, right? And, and that was the case last night in a lot of regards. But I'm not, you know, blind to the fact that, that there was, you know, obviously a, a slant in terms of the, the final mor- margin on, on whistles and fouls and free throw opportunities. But many of those breaks in that final discrepancy were forced by the pace and the way in which Kansas attacked in that half-court set. And so that's something that can't be overlooked either. Playing at home matters. I mean, I think that's it's it's sometimes as simple as that. Brian, I heard Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us here. I, I heard uh, Bill Self say in his little halftime as he's walking in TV interview that – they got to do a better job of helping Grady Dick, and he's got to do a better job of moving without the ball. You know, the scoring, we see the flashes, but I don't think we've seen yet the consistency there. Do you think that's coming this year? Did they need that this year to be the best versions of themselves, where he's consistently scoring for this team? Well, if they're going to win the national championship and be the first repeat team to do it since Florida, back in the Billy Donovan era, then the answer is yes, they do need that because I've heard a lot of national analysts that are comparing this year's team to last year's team, and they're kind of slotting Grady into that uh, Christian Brown role, which is a tremendous comparison, and I like it. Right. But let's be real, Christian Brown was a, a junior and, uh, and a first-round NBA draft pick. Grady Dick's going to be a first-round NBA draft pick whenever he decides to come out, and he's obviously way farther ahead of where Christian Brown was at as a freshman, but the comparison doesn't completely fit yet because 
it's just unrealistic one semester into his career to expect him to be equivalent in all ways that Christian Brown was with three years of seasoning. So can he get there? Um, absolutely, because he's a special, special generational talent in some regards. But in others, he's still, you know, an 18-year-old kid, right? And, and so, you know, for, for Grady, last night he got face guarded from the word go. And Bill Self had warned in the pregame interview, if you listen to our pregame show, that ball and body movement against the way that Oklahoma was going to defend was going to be of paramount importance. If you just stand around the way they guard you, you're never going to get separation and get openings and driving lanes and all that. And, you know, Kansas does a lot of dribble weave passing around the perimeter. And he said the way in which they would quickly whip the ball around from the first side to the second side would determine the gaps they got to drive by the time it came back around on the third and fourth reversals. And any diehard Kansas fan that watches this stuff knows exactly what I'm talking about when they work it from one corner to the other and they're weaving around, waiting for a lane to drive. He wanted to see quick ball movement, excellent body movement when you don't have the ball. And at times we didn't do that nearly to the degree that coach was expecting and consequently a really good defensive Oklahoma team found a way to throw a wrench in the system for Kansas. Grady in particular, when you're getting face guarded, it's going to make for a long night and you're going to be dog ass tired, pardon the term, but, but you got to find a way, you know, to, to fight around that and be constantly in motion and, and eventually get some separation. I thought, and, and Greg Gurley made this comment on the broadcast last night, Greg for 15 games has applauded Grady for never forcing anything because you know, he, he's such a naturally gifted scorer and, and a brilliant shooter. He doesn't have to force shots to get his and to get his 15 a night or whatever. Last night, in a couple of instances, he, he did force a couple of shots, which was ungrady-like. But that's the product of being face guarded all night, being a little frustrated and trying to wheel something into motion. Uh, he's going to find a way, and, and the Kansas coaches will find a way to, to get some of that pressure off of him to where he's getting – the more in rhythm catches and, and better looks that he had early in the year. But right now, clearly four games into the league, he's a marked man. And, you know, some of the shots he was getting in the first three or four weeks of the season aren't going to come nearly as easily, but it'll come around for him both with his own involvement and what the Kansas offense eventually will figure out to do. But it's, it's a league when you have a double round Robin schedule and you see everybody twice where everybody's making adjustments week to week. And that, that goes for the defenses aligned to stop him and the Kansas tinkering to free him back up. And you'll see that. But, but he's going to get there. Um, will it be to the Christian Brown junior year level by the end of his freshman season? I don't know. But that seems to be the comparison that people want to try to make when they compare this team to last year's title team. I'm not sure it has to be completely that for Kansas to go to the Final Four, but they, they do need him to be that that second uh, chair to Jalen Wilson's alpha role, and on some nights to be the alpha and, and right now, through four league games, that's been tougher to come by. But thankfully, we've got other guys emerging, like K.J. Adams, who just continues to be one of the greatest stories in the Big 12 this year. And if he keeps going at this pace, he'll be one of the greatest stories in all of college basketball because you talk about the improvement from last year to this year, where last year he was just a defensive stopper. And, and that's still an important role, but you know, didn't have any type of offensive responsibility at all. 
to now a guy that, that four games into league play in the most competitive conference in America has gone for 14, 14, 14, and 22 over his first four games. And if you extrapolate it back to, to December, nine straight games in double figures, including the 19 at Mizzou and the 22 last night. And this from a, a really undersized five man who's using speed and explosiveness to go around and, and through much taller, longer players. It's amazing to see what he's doing right now. So neat to see other guys step up when defensive focus is shifted elsewhere. And that's only going to eventually make it easier for those guys that are drawing the brunt of opposition's uh, defensive focus right now. So I would expect it to come back around for both Grady and Jay Will, quite frankly, who's, who's kind of been thrown into a blender of late as well. Brian, following up on that, uh, of course, you know, K.J. Adams, the development, uh, it's not just him. The evolution of the bigs in general uh, for Kansas and the way that the minutes have been distributed from the beginning of the season to now, it's been fascinating to watch. Of course, K.J. Adams, you know, is the is the top dog as far as the five position is concerned, hanging 22 points last night against Oklahoma. But the emergence last night of Zach Clements, um, I didn't have that on my bingo card. Uh, he certainly hadn't really impressed throughout this season so far. And I had kind of you know, thought, okay, well, we're probably not going to see him anymore. And we're going to see guys like Zuby Ejiofor and Ernest Uday and even Cam Martin coming off the bench. But Zach Clements had a good game last night, 12 minutes, 10 points, had a couple of threes. Uh, talk a little bit about what you're seeing with the five position behind KJ Adams. Well, it really is something that changes by the week and in some cases changes by the day in terms of who's, you know, the, the lead dog behind KJ on a day-to-day basis in practice. But Zach's been coming on for a couple of weeks now, and that's great to see because you're right. I mean, he was kind of trending in the direction of banished to the end of the bench, and prior to West Virginia on Saturday, he hadn't made a basket all season. Prior to last night, he was 0 of 9 from 3 all year. And then you start to wonder about, well, is this a fit if, if he had been a forgotten guy for the rest of the year and you've got a log jam at that position in front of him because KJ's coming back next year and both Zuby and Ernest are freshmen this year. And you kind of wonder, is there going to be a time for him if, if he doesn't step forward? Because usually, and I reference this in part because he's coming back this weekend, Roy Williams would always say, the biggest improvement in a college basketball player's career is in the summer between his freshman and sophomore years. We didn't see that from Zach. Didn't see it physically, didn't see it on the floor. And other guys did make big jumps. And so you were kind of worried that he's going to get lost in the shuffle here. But give him credit, you know, over that winter break, he has really started to step it up in practice. And as Ernest and Zuby continue to struggle for consistency, in areas that, that Bill Self needs at a baseline level to trust you. That's defensive rebounding. That's um, defensive intensity. The, the type of stuff that, that you can bring from a want-to standpoint every single day. Clearly, Zuby's got a ways to go, and Ernest especially, with touch around the basket and offensive post moves and stuff like that. But it's the other things that, that will earn trust of the head coach to get you minutes. And those just haven't always been consistent. Now, Coach Self will tell you both Ernest and Zuby are a 10 out of 10 when it comes to attitude and, and uh, you know, buy-in and all that. It's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it, it's not the consistency that Coach has, has come to expect from players of any age. And thus, they haven't entered the, the, Bill, the uh, Bill Self, Greg Fokker circle of trust, right? But Clements, who's been around for a full extra season, 
has been bringing it out the last 10 to 14 days. And consequently, um, you know, he's getting a few more chances. At West Virginia, he makes his first layup of the year. Last night, he was the first big off the bench. And part of that was the fact that his best game as a freshman a year ago, in terms of meaningful contributions, was Oklahoma at home. He was coming off a one-month hiatus with a toe injury and came in, hit a big three, got a couple of huge rebounds when Kansas absolutely had to have it. That was the game. If you remember some of the, the images that were tweeted and retweeted, he had the big floppy haircut at the time, and his hair was going in both directions, and fans were going nuts as he was ripping the ball away from Groves and showing a spark that we hadn't seen out of him. And that was kind of the high watermark for him a year ago. And so self played a hunch last night. Maybe we'd see some some deja vu all over again, and sure enough, we did even more so with uh, with a season high ten. So that was great to see. But understand that everything I just said is indicative of something that's probably going to continue on. I would think into February of jockeying for position at that second chair in the big man spot, where it's Zuby one day, it's Zach the next. Hey, Cam Martin was going to start for this team until the shoulder injury. And KJ was being worked out in practice on the perimeter until Cam went down and these freshmen were struggling and there was no separation. KJ was going to be in the perimeter wing rotation. Just think about how much has changed since November with that sequence of events. And so great that KJ has emerged, but they still want to get growth and consistency out of those other players. And when you've got four guys including Cam Martin, the two freshmen, and Zach, all vying for those first big man minutes off the bench. It really is going to be kind of a soup du jour of, of, you know, one day it's this and the next day it's that. That's not ideal, and eventually you want to settle into some roles, but that's just how topsy-turvy and and, uh, up and down one day to the next it's been. And I don't see that changing in the immediate future unless, you know, one guy really grabs the bull by the horns, and right now that just hasn't happened. Brian, we appreciate it. It's a fun time in the state of Kansas, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about what's happening down the street in Manhattan. Uh, This makes it better for all of us. It makes a week from now, essentially a week from yesterday, even more exciting. How excited are you as a KU guy to see the buzz and momentum growing for K-State in year one in Jerome Tang because of just how much better it makes the wintertime in this state? This has been awesome down there well got a lot of friends from k-state despite what you might think and i'm happy for them because clearly they've hit a home run you know one year in with jerome tang and and uh it looks like the best possible hire they could have made and it's wild to think that the program he left is still searching for their first win in league play and here he is undefeated at 4-0 including a win in waco over his previous employer so kudos to them i mean obviously it's it's a tremendous story when you look at Johnson, Keontae Johnson coming in and what, what he's been able to bring right away and, and you know the, everything he's been through and now playing the best basketball of his life. And obviously we know about Noel, and he's had big games against Kansas before. And so nothing like what he did at Texas, but still uh, excited to, to see those two players up close and in person next Tuesday. It is good for the rivalry. It is great for the state. Let's be clear, though. I believe crimson and blue, so I'm not overly excited. You know, we, we like it better when we can, you know, count on Kansas always having the upper hand there, but it certainly makes the rivalry fun. In the same way that Lance Leipold 
getting Kansas football more competitive again and, and hopefully turning the Dylan Sunflower showdown in football into more of a back and forth is going to make that thing so much better because it's been a decade and a half on the football side since we've won and that's got to change in a hurry but I think both coach Tang and coach Leipold in their respective sports are going to restore the competitive balance to that rivalry because that's why for so many years that's partly why uh, the Missouri-Kansas rivalry was always so much better because there was more competitive balance and in the football basketball splits of KUK State it was always so slanted one direction or the other Uh, hopefully Kansas basketball will always have a significant upper hand so long as Bill Self is in that seat. But clearly, the job Coach Tang has done uh, in leapfrogging them all the way to number 11 in the country, and heck, that could be a a top 10 head-to-head by the time the next set of polls come out next week. What an amazing job in a short window Coach Tang and his staff have done, and certainly we we applaud that, and, and we're excited about it based on the notoriety it brings to this rivalry. But uh, make no mistake, we still want to win both games each year and three if we play them in Kansas City. And uh, hopefully Bill Self will continue to have that tremendous upper hand as he always has for 20 years. (laughs) There it is. All right, Brian. Thank you. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll be talking right after that game next week. And, uh, you know, get rested up. You're going to need it before the big showdown at Bramlage. We got number 14, Iowa State, coming in first. It just won by 34 last night over Tech. So it's a bear of a schedule for everybody, but especially these next two games for Kansas. So we're looking forward to it. Big thanks to my friends at the Mattress Hub. Got a great night's sleep last night after the big win. Thanks to uh, my brand-new purple mattress from the Mattress Hub. Love the technology. It's the coolest and most comfortable night's sleep I've ever had. But they've got a mattress that will fit you right, whether it's what I did with Purple or Tempur-Pedic, Serta. they got all the top brands at the best prices and the best customer service around. Check out the Mattress Hub today. Originated right there in Wichita, some of the best people you'll ever work with. Guys, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week. There goes Brian Haney. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one, give away some more movie tickets when we return on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.